Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. Biblical liturgies are phrases written by the Holy Spirit that we can latch on to, that we repetitively say, and we latch on to them in order to better rehearse in our brain the story our life is in. We have repetition of something that we think and speak, and it's powerful in rewiring our brain. You have to listen to the episode before this to understand fully what I'm talking about. But it explains what we're trying to do in all these podcasts. And it explains why they're so powerful in reshaping our lives, transforming our lives, because it's literally transforming the hard wiring of our brain. In Psalm 118, and then we're finishing up that psalm. So the very start of Psalm 118 has been powerful for me. It's this phrase that we've said, and it's repeated in lots of psalms, Psalm 106, Psalm 107, and it, 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 it just kind of goes for it here in four verses. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. We always want to personalize these things. And I say them directly to God. So I don't always keep the pronouns the same. I change them to be a prayer to God. So I'll say, I give thanks to you, Lord, for you are good. For your steadfast love endures forever. I think about that word forever. And I'm thinking about this forever God being my God forever in his goodness and his steadfast love. And the more I think about it and the more I say it, I'm literally rewiring the neural pathways in my brain to make this something I think about easier and something I think about more naturally. I'm being transformed. Oh, I give thanks to you, Lord, for you are good, for your steadfast love endures forever. And then verse 2 says, let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Verse 3, let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever. Notice the repetition. Let those, verse 4, let those who fear the Lord say, his steadfast love endures forever. Notice the repetition of say, his steadfast love endures forever. Say, his steadfast love endures forever. Say, his steadfast love endures forever. The Bible's wanting us to come into a repetition of this liturgy. And so I want to do that in my prayer. I'll say, I give thanks to you, Lord, for you are good, for your steadfast love for me endures forever. Your steadfast love for me endures forever. You are good and your steadfast love for me endures forever. Your steadfast love for me endures forever. I want to do the repetition the Bible is wanting me to do. Because again, the Bible's been here all along, understanding how repetition of things we say shapes the wiring in our brain, rewires our brain so that we're not conformed anymore to the wiring of this world, but we're being transformed by the rewiring of our mind so that we can reinterpret life in light of who God is. 
And I think about that word forever. I think about God's steadfast love for me. And I think about his goodness and his will for me. So what I want to do is just give you a moment. It's kind of weird because we've never really done this in this podcast where I'm going to give you a second to repeat this. But I'm just going to give you a chance to repeat this after me. If you're in a situation where you can do it. Now, if you're in a situation where people around you, maybe you don't want to do it. Bring attention to yourself. But if you're in a situation where you can say it out loud, repeat after me. I give thanks to you, Lord, for you are good. For your steadfast love for me endures forever. Your steadfast love for me endures forever. I say, your steadfast love for me endures forever. Your steadfast love for me endures forever. Now that's a thing you can have in your head, a little liturgy that you can quickly pray, I give thanks to you, Lord, for your steadfast love for me endures forever. Or the whole thing, I give thanks to you, Lord, for you are good and your steadfast love for me endures forever. Verse 6 says, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I shall look in triumph on my enemies. Now, you may not remember this whole these two verses as a liturgy, but you can pick out phrases and become memorable liturgies to you. God, the Lord is with me. He is, is with me. Whatever helps you when it comes to God's name, the I am is with me. He is, is with me. Or just the Lord, like the English translation does. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. That's a powerful liturgy. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. Just repeat that. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. Say it. What can mere mortals do to me? On the one hand, our cynical self says, well, quite a bit. But on the other hand, the liturgy is saying ultimately nothing that God is not going to let happen according to his goodness and his steadfast love for me. That's the context of this verse. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. The Lord is with me. He is my helper. That's the verse 7. So say that. The Lord is with me. He is my helper. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. Here's another one. Verse 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. That's a powerful liturgy because there's always these times in our life. And that doesn't mean we're not going to go to the doctor and take medicine and have surgery and have somebody help us and get our car fixed and have somebody. It's not saying that. It's saying there's a, there's a hierarchy of my trust. I want to trust in humans, but I ultimately want to trust in the Lord. I'm not going to put my hope, my ultimate trust what I'm going to bank my shalom on, on humans. I'm going to bank my shalom, my well-being, my flourishing, my peace, my sense of security. I'm going to take refuge in the Lord than to, rather than trust in humans. So this, this is, here's the liturgy the Holy Spirit has given us. Verse 8, it is better to take refuge in the Lord 
than to trust in humans. That's something you can say to yourself. Say it now. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. That's something that you can repeat. And maybe this is a podcast episode that you come back to and repeat a few times so that you can get these phrases down. Or just look in the show notes. I have all these phrases in the show notes and you can look at them. Verse 17, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. So again, this is telling us that ultimately we are going to die, but ultimately we're going to live and we're going to look back and we're going to be able to recount all the deeds of God in our life, all the ways that God was good and his steadfast love endured forever that we didn't see at the time, we didn't know at the time, we didn't recognize at the time, we just had to trust. But we can recount all the deeds of the Lord all the way from his death and resurrection for us, but also in our lives, in the time span of our lives lives, the way that the deeds of the Lord were good and his steadfast love endured forever. We we have a resurrection and we have this new life that we live in the land of the living is another phrase the Bible uses. We'll be able to look back and we'll be able to see and recount all the deeds of the Lord. So here's the liturgy. Verse 17, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. Let's say it. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. You're telling yourself, you're going to get through this. Now, the cultural liturgy is you got this. That's not a biblical liturgy. That's not a liturgy that's helpful in the vertical story. That's a liturgy that's unhelpful. So we have to rewire our brain from you got this to I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. In other words, God's got this. Ultimately, I'm going to live. The worst case scenario in my circumstance is resurrection and looking back in triumph, looking back, seeing how God was faithful in his goodness and his steadfast love that endures forever. So here's the liturgy. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. Say it again. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. And here's another one, and it's one I've said before because it is a common liturgy I say. is verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, again, I change pronouns. I feel the freedom to do that because I'm making this my liturgy to a God, my prayer. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Say that now. Say it out loud if you can. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Here's another one. It's the very next verse, verse 25. And I've been saying it lately, and it gets misinterpreted sometimes for people to think that God exists for my success. That's not what this is saying. But it is picking up this phrase that God wants us to flourish These are the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, he says in Jeremiah 29, plans to have you prosper 
and not to have calamity, to give you a future and a hope. God is for me. And so there's a verse here, verse 25, that says, Lord, save us. Now, that's that Hoshiana verse. That's what that Hebrew phrase means, Hoshiana, Lord, save us. That's when they said Hosanna to Jesus when he came in on that Palm Sunday. But it's a good liturgy that says, Lord, save me. Lord, grant me success. So here's the verse. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. So you're getting ready to do something. And you want to go vertical. You Something really matters to you that you succeed in. You have to give a talk or a presentation or you have to do something. And the success is important to you. It's important to your family. Maybe it's important to your career or it's important to the well-being of somebody. And you are praying that God gives you success. Another a verse, Psalm 90, verse 17 says, May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. And it says, establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So this is just another way of praying that, that God would establish the work of your hands and give you success. So here's the liturgy that I I, I pray a lot. Lord, grant me success. Lord, grant me success. And then I bring this other verse in, establish the work of my hands. Let your favor rest upon me. Establish the work of my hands. And so verse 27 is kind of like it. The Lord is God. He has made his light shine upon me. Here's the liturgy. Lord, you are God. Make your light shine upon me. Lord, you are God. Make your light shine upon me. Give me success. Let's just say that. Lord, you are God. Make your light shine upon me. Grant me success. The last two verses, verse 28, says, You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. So that's finishing what it started. But here's the liturgy. You are my God, I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. And we can just remember any part of that that we want. And so here's a little quick prayer. You are my God. I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will give thanks to you. Say that out loud right now. And then I will give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his steadfast love for me endures forever. Say that. And so one of the liturgies I've taken from these verses that I've sort of rephrased to be a memorable phrase that I say, you hear me say it a lot if you've been listening to this podcast, and I say it a lot to myself because I think it's a really good biblical liturgy in kind of a rephrasing, the forever God will be my God forever. The forever God will be my God forever. Or you could say the forever God is my God forever. And you can say that if you want right now. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.